Welcome to the Talking Shit Podcast. I'm Tyler Brown. It's Friday. It is 3.49pm. It's been an interesting week for me because it's once again been a, a lazy week, but it's been a week kind of... I don't want to call what I do uh, work because on my Instagram I do a, a review segment type thing where I write reviews for... Um, games, movies, TV, uh, anything really, uh, music, it's all in there, and uh, I did this this week, I did it f- last week for The Last of Us Part 1, and I love that game, I really do, I, I said it was one of my greats, because it is, I, I, I think the story is uh, so strong, I think the relationship between the characters is strong, um, the gameplay is, is fun, but when I go into a game, a lot of the time I don't come for the gameplay. I I come for the story and the characters and the depth and kind of a connection. And I think gaming can do that, films can do that, music can do that. And I got that for Last of Us Part 1. And I got Last of Us Part 2 because I thought, you know, that's just come out, what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago? Might as well review it. So, I got the game, popped it in, and I put in about, I put in three shifts, three, three late nights of gaming, um, and I think it's certainly an interesting experience, and I don't want to spoil, spoil the game for anyone, because it is still kind of new. If you go to my Instagram, at the real Tyler Brown, with a little, I put it in the description, at the real Tyler Brown, you can find the review, it's three parts uh, it's a long review, but I think it explains the game perfectly. I think you know that's a cocky statement, but I I really do think it explains the uh, the game perfectly. Because while I won't spoil it for you here on the podcast, because I haven't warned you about telling you about the game, so I won't spoil it here. But on the review, there are spoilers, spoilers, and a lot of people already know the spoilers going in. Uh, the, there was a couple of leaks a couple of months ago about certain characters and what happens in the game. Um, and I think that was really a big hit to the game, those leaks that came out. And if you've seen the leaks, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the leaks, I'll try to explain it and keep you interested as much as I can without spoiling stuff. So the leaks came out and people weren't very happy because it, it was a lot of information that it felt like a lot of the spirit was lost with the game, uh, it feels like it lost the spirit of part one, and people were absolutely furious at these leaks. The developers, Naughty Dog, who make the game, were furious that they got leaked out. Um, but I was thinking, would the game be more well received? Because I think everyone's, you know, you've heard the reviews online. I mean, it's hard to get away from it. You have critics saying this is a perfect game. This is 10 out of 10, and then you have the fans. Uh, I believe last time I checked, the score stands at a 5, a 5 out of 10. But when the game first came out, it was a 2.5 out of 10. So it is going up as people actually finish the game. But I think the reason for this disconnect is Naughty Dog kind of betray us in a way, I, I feel. I think the game 
betrays everything the first one did. I say this in the review, and I don't want to repeat myself here. If you've seen the review, or well, you're going to check it out on my Instagram. But it is, it feels like a betrayal, certain aspects of the story. And I think the story is weak, in my opinion, in some aspects. I get the point of the story, and I'll, I'll say this now, that the story is a revenge story. Uh, I don't want to say why there's a revenge story, you know, why it is, but the story is a revenge story, but I feel like the message of that revenge story, it doesn't come across well. It feels forced in aspects. And if, if you play the game or you watch, uh, you know, some YouTuber play the game, um, or you've just seen the leaks, the revenge story comes across really forced. It, it's a kind of forced message of revenge is bad, and revenge is bad, but I think they did it in a wrong way of delivering it, and it fell short, and it kind of led to a weird ending and a really convoluted story that falls short in every aspect. And it kind of betrays the first one because it, it rips down the characters. It takes everything that we know and spits on it, it runs it through the mud, I think it it betrays our trust, definitely. And that's the biggest problem, and I think that's why there's such a hate towards the game. But then the art, and, but would it be more well-received if the leaks weren't leaked? What if we just experienced this for ourselves? Uh, it wasn't spoiled for us two months before. I feel like we would have been more angry. Because many people actually didn't believe the leaks. They said, no, this is this is bullshit. I feel like people would be more angry if these leaks didn't come out. And we were sitting down there for the first time expecting kind of a Last of Us Part 1 type feel to the game. Because it isn't the same game. It isn't the Last of Us Part 1. It's a very different game. It's, it's lack of characters that you can care about. Whereas the first had two characters. He had Joel and Ellie. It's a simple story. This guy is put in and he's told, take this girl across the country. I won't spoil why it's take her across. Take her across the country. They both don't like each other at the beginning. They start to like each other as the game goes on. It's a simple story. We've seen it before and it has zombies. You know, it's everything that we know, we love about gaming. Um, and it's a, it's a simple story we've seen in film, everywhere. Um, but it's done well due to the writing, and you feel connected to the characters. And I held off on playing The Last of Us Part 1. I didn't... I know... I knew nothing about the game Last of Us Part 1 until last week when I reviewed the game for the Instagram. So, I have to, I had to wait a week for Last of Us Part 2 to come out. Or at least a week to get the game. I think it was already out by the time I reviewed Last of Us Part 1. But I think... I think I was lucky. I think I was lucky that I only had to wait wait a week. Because there's some people out there that had to wait seven years. I believe, yes, 2013, June. I believe 19th it came out in 2013 for the PS3 and went on to the PS4. And I think a lot of people felt betrayed... Uh, you know, to wait seven years for a game, you loved the first one so much, you thought it was a masterpiece, you thought it was, you know, one of the greats, like I said, to wait seven years for that game, and then to get what we want got in our, uh, Last of Us 2, I think it would be disappointing. I understand disappointment for the game, um, but I, the reason I'm bringing this up here on the podcast, because I think it goes into a wider argument about 
should we just allow filmmakers to tell their story? And that goes off into a lot of other films that the filmmaker told the story they wanted to, uh, you know, or films and games told the story that they wanted to tell, but it fell short. Now, this, this breaks off into so many aspects of debate. Now, I want to try and get into it, but I won't explore everything as probably in much detail as I can, which is a shame, but I, I'll try my best to explain my point here. I think artistic intention can go so far uh, for a maker of a game, or at least a maker or a sequel to anything, a film or a game. And I'm going to take film for this example. You, you're making something... The first time round was absolutely perfect. Nobody expects anything the first time round. This is a clean slate. It's a free story. And that's where the artistic intention can fly. It can flourish. And, you know, you can end up making something brilliant. Something that's... I don't like using the word a masterpiece because I think everything has its own problems. But it can be great is what I think I'd use. I think you can make something great using your artistic intention first time around because there's a clean slate. It's never been done before. Whereas second time round, especially when you're something great and you've sold a lot of stuff, you have a studio that wants you to do something. You have your set, you have the fans that want you to do something, but you have yourself that you want to do something. And it is a balancing act and I think artistic intention has to be in there somewhere um but when you're making a sequel I think you have to understand why people connect to the characters first time around you always have to do that otherwise you know there would be no Star Wars without Empire Strikes Back there wouldn't there'd be no Star Wars without Empire Strikes Back and the reason Empire Strikes Back was so successful is because it listened to what the fans wanted i mean there wasn't as much kind of fan pressure back then because there was a lack of internet and all you know you couldn't just go onto twitter and tweet i'm upset at this this was shite you'd have to you know send a letter so the reason something like the empire strikes back is so successful is because it takes what a new hope did built on it uh took it to new places, had the amazing twist at the end, Luke, I am your father. It changed it to an extent, but it's still built on the foundation that A New Hope had. And to take another Star Wars film, A Last Jedi didn't do that for The Force Awakens. For The Force Awakens was torn down by The Last Jedi, if you ask me. I think the... The Last Jedi kind of betrayed what The Force Awakens did, and a lot of people liked Force Awakens, and a lot of people didn't like it. It was divisive, but of course it's not as divisive as Last Jedi. And it got, you know, Last Jedi is so split down the middle, and I think the best way to describe The Last Jedi is it's a great film, but it's a bad Star Wars film. And that may sound confusing, but it's easy to explain. From a technical standpoint... Uh, it, it's strong. It's, I would say it's probably the most beautiful Star Wars film, The Last Jedi. From a, a look standpoint, from a CGI standpoint, I think it's the pinnacle of Star Wars so far. But then from a, star, from a story standpoint, it tries to tell a complex story again. 
but it falls down because it's something that the fans didn't want. But also, it's not just the fans didn't want it. I think it betrays everything Star Wars built up. It throws away... Luke throws his lightsaber off a cliff. It's disrespect to the lightsaber. You know, there's so many problems, and I'm sure you all can think of some in your head, and I'll, you know, try and explain it. There's artistic intention, but then there's ripping down everything that was built up before and spitting on it and spitting in your fans' face because a film, a game, music, whatever, wouldn't be popular without the fans. We have to remember that. There's artistic intention, there's telling the story you want to tell, but there's the fans that brought the game. They loved what you did the first time round. But if you go in the second time and you take everything from the first game and you want to be, you know, you want to change it up, you want to be different, you want to kind of shock. I think shock would be the best way to describe these kind of sequels when it comes to going against what the fans wanted. You want to kind of have that shock factor, and I think The Last of Us Part Two really homes in on shock. They want you to be shocked all the way through with a lot of... Uh, you know, bad things happening to the characters is the best way to describe it without spoiling it. It's It falls down because it isn't what the characters would have done. I think that's what the fans think. This isn't the characters that we've had in the first game, and this isn't, in our minds, what the where the characters would go from where they were. And see... The debate can only rage on, and I think my point won't change everyone's minds, of you have to have the balancing act. You can't just do what you want. You can't. Because there has to be that level of respect when you're taking on something that's a franchise. It's it's weird, because the same guy that directed The Last of Us Part 1 directed The Last of Us Part 2. So it's the same guy. He was the one... And his writers were the ones who made the first game so brilliant. So why couldn't he do it a second time round? I think the reason for that is it tries to have too many themes. It tries to be overcomplicated. And in the end, it accomplishes nothing. There's a lot to do a lot to do in Last of Us Part 2. I mean, it's not an open world game, but it might as well be. Um... There's too much to do in many aspects. There's too many characters to balance. There's too many new characters in there. And when you start introducing new characters, you better give them a strong kind of building point. You better give them a strong structure before you start doing things that impact the story with these new characters. Because you can't have a new character that impacts the story if you don't like them. We wouldn't like Joel in the first game if in the intro, spoiler alert, his daughter didn't die. You know, that builds up Joel's structure. We're going to see a, a jagged, angry man that doesn't trust anyone because he's lost everything. But when he does get something that he can trust, he will keep on to that. He will hold on to that forever. He won't want to let it go. And I think that it builds up interesting points and it does work brilliantly in the first game. I think the ending of the first game is so interesting because you could take it in any direction but the last of us part two doesn't really take it anywhere the ending of the first game i think it doesn't really care for what the first game did and i think that's where the level of disrespect comes in 
Um, and I think when it comes to artistic attention, intentions, you have to have, yes, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel is right. But you also have to have, we have to respect this. We have to hold on to this. We have to make sure we don't drop the ball. I mean, it's like with a baby, you can't drop it. You know, you can form the child into what you want it to be, but also you have to respect its own choice. And I think that's kind of the best. It's a weird analogy. I know it's a weird metaphor, but I guess you can kind of build off that all you want. Um, so, yeah, just, it, I think that's the reason for the hate is a sense of betrayal. And it, this goes off into so many things that we can go on for a millennium about. But in the end, people will like what they like. People will be split on what they like. You can't fight people on what they like. If you read my review, I kind of respect more of the reviews that we've been seeing. I kind of give them their day in the sun. But you also have to respect the bits that are good. I think when it gets... When reviewing something or talking about something or giving your opinion on something, I think Ricky Gervais said it uh, most, the best. Just because you have an opinion doesn't make it fact. But I feel like that's been lost on many people in this kind of age of social media, is that you can speak, you can speak to the world through a simple tweet. For a simple couple of hundred words, you can speak to the world. And there's some people that go out there to moan at the world. And I think that's the problem. Last week on the podcast, I did a lot of moaning. Um, but you can't just have hatred towards everything. And that's why I want to be a bit more, you know, light on this podcast. Last week, I uh, I wasn't angry. I was just giving my opinion. But I could see why... That doesn't turn on everyone. But just because someone didn't like... some, I think everyone, you know, thank you for the reception I got from last week's podcast. It was good. I'm just saying, you know, I might have been a bit grouchy. But just because you don't like something doesn't make it fact. That's always that. But you also have to respect that people will have an opinion. And I think you have to listen to that opinion. But you can't shoot that opinion down. And you can't say, well, no, you're wrong. I'm right. Because in the situation of artistic intention... There is no wrong or right. It's really preference. It's the same with comedy. A joke is um, down to the person's personality. Different jokes for different people. And I think when it comes to kind of comedy and kind of people getting offended with it, there has to be that level of, you have to understand this is a joke. You, we can't, with comedy, you can't cater to everyone. It's impossible. There's seven billion people on this planet and it's only rising. You can't cater to everyone with everything. It's impossible. It would be stupid because I think as soon as you start catering to what, to try and cater to everyone's needs, because there's different opinions. We've seen that through social media, that we've seen the different opinions. When you start trying to cater to everyone, you cater to no one because you haven't, you're not going for a certain audience. Um, but you're also not telling your own story. So that's how complex this kind of argument is. And that's how many times I've probably contradicted myself. But there's so much, there's so many layers to this conversation. I think it's an interesting one that I think people need to have in a civil way. 
But you can't have conversations like this without someone sending you an email or sending you a tweet or leaving a comment on a post saying, you're wrong, you're an idiot. Um, you know, insulting you and belittling, belittling that's a word, uh, you for an opinion. But then again, their opinion isn't fact. We live in we live in a world where it's just too easy to get a complaint across. I think a simpler world without technology might be a better one. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't have technology. I think here we go. It's really we're really going off into different places here. But try and stay with me. There's. A world without technology, we lived with it. We've lived with technology for many years now. We lived without technology for even longer. I think we did all right without technology and kind of social media and the internet. And when I say technology, I mostly mean the internet. Um, But then again, without the internet, you're not getting that point across of what... You're not getting your own opinion across. I think this is the problem, is that... Things with social media can be so brilliant. You can do a podcast like this. I'm talking to you. I'm giving you my opinion. I'm sitting in my room on my own talking to you. I'm giving you my opinion. We're kind of having a conversation, but you're not here. You're listening to me. And you can either agree with what I'm saying or you you don't. So that's the brilliance of social media is that more people can talk to each other. There's an easier connect. And it once again goes around to this lockdown. This lockdown we have in uh, Britain and this pandemic, of course, has its bad side. Of course, you know, it's terrible. It is terrible. But also I think it's given a chance for connection in many ways. And I think it shows technology's strengths in that I can still do this. I'm still talking to you, even though you're probably miles apart. You could be in a completely different country, but it's still human connection. I think that's the beautiful thing of um, social media and technology. And I think when you start working in, and I don't see this as a job, I I don't earn any money from this, but when you start working in kind of doing things like this, doing social media, writing a review, doing a podcast, there's connection. And I think I'm, I'm lucky to be able to do a podcast because otherwise I would have probably nothing else to do during this lockdown. There is nothing really to do. You can go on a thousand million walks and you can shout at people for not keeping social distancing as many times as you want. But I don't think without all the podcasts that I do, I think I'd be somewhat lost in my day. I really enjoy doing the podcast because there's the connection with you, the listener. And I mean, I've done so many podcasts. You know, I've done four, four podcasts, um, different podcasts, not just episodes, different, four completely different podcasts with their own message and their own intent and their own artistic intent. Um, I've done four over the past, how long has it been? I'd say three years. Three years, I think. And that's amazing. I'm just, uh, you know, it's good to get different points of views and I think I've done that through many podcasts. I've given my view to you. And once again, if you don't agree with it, you know, sorry, don't listen. If you do agree with it, brilliant. Come along for the ride. Um, but we still have that connection. You can hate me uh, for anything I said. You can disagree with something I said, but there's still that connection of you disagree. 
we're still kind of talking to each other, we're still kind of arguing over our points, and that's the brilliant side of social media. Um, but more podcasts, I think podcasts are a great invention, and because the first big podcast, the first one that shot off, has always been an inspiration to me, not for this podcast necessarily, it was the Ricky Gervais show, I'm a big Ricky Gervais fan, he's... I would say one of my idols, and I'll always, you know, look up to him from his comedy and his viewpoints and all of that. Um, that was the first big podcast to break world records and all of that, and things have gotten bigger. Joe Rogan, another big inspiration. Um, he's still dominating the podcast world all these years later since he started his podcast, what was it now, 10 years ago? And that's insane. That's insane that he's still in that dominant position. But it's because he can connect. He has the same viewpoints as many others. And there's other, there's other people out there that think he should be cancelled for some old joke, jokes that he's done, but there's still connection. And that's the brilliant side of technology, and it's the brilliant side of games, it's the brilliant side of music, um, TV, everything. We're on a higher level as human beings where we can understand each other, but we can also say, well, while I don't agree with you, um, you know, you have your opinion, I have mine. Let's agree to disagree. I like that quote. I've always liked that saying, let's agree to disagree. I think it's perfect. And I think if possible, the world would run so much better, but it's such an idealistic kind of view of the world where it isn't possible. You're always going to get a person that wants to just hate all the, you know, spread mean views and will just dislike and comment on a video um, just to do it, just to do it. He may he may have liked it, but he's just thinking, oh. He might have not even watched it. I think that that's, once again, The Last of Us Part 2. It was getting review-bombed and all of that, and, you know, getting the zeros out of tens uh, before the game even came out and before people even finished the story. And I think that's the problem. People start giving their opinion and complaining before they've even heard the full viewpoint. And that's, that is stupid, isn't it? To just take something, read the title of an article, but not read the article. See the thumbnail and the title of a video, but not even put your clicker on it. To see the description of a podcast, the title of the podcast, but you haven't even heard the intro, and you complain. It's, it's, that's the problem with social media. It's, there's people out there that just want to do it, just want to bring everyone else down with them, um, just to do that. And I think that's the problem. Once again, to go to Ricky Gervais, uh, I will probably do this a lot. He did a funny bit on his humanity comedy tour, um, doing the point about Twitter and its problem and people complaining. And he said... Imagine having a picture or a poster of guitar lessons in the town square and somebody sees that poster and goes, I don't want fucking guitar lessons. And they call you up and say, what's this, what's this about guitar lessons? I don't want fucking guitar lessons. See, that's the problem. Certain things are not for everyone. And just because it might not even be named towards you. If you, if you don't like it, you don't always have to voice your disagreement. And you don't have to hate on other people because they like something. 
But yeah, it's a slippery slope of opinion. It's definitely a slippery slope. But I think it's, while it has led to the connection, it's brought many things down, but it's also, it's always a balancing act in life. Life is one big balancing act because there's always something that will bring you down, but there's always something that will bring you up. And I think as long as you have more kind of moments that bring you up, you're golden. You are. Um, But also, I think we always have to take into account, if you didn't have moments that bring you down, you'll never have an up. You see, that's a little inspirational quote. If you didn't, if something shitty never happened to you, you'd never be happy. Because you're always in that state of intent. Um, You know, if you were eating, if you had cake every day, if you love cake, but you had cake every day, you'd start hating cake. So you'll always need that thing to kind of, you'd always need something bad. And I, you know, this sounds weird saying it now, but I think everyone understands. You'll always need something bad to have some something good. Um, it's just making sure that you don't allow those bad, uh, those bad eggs or those bad apples to spoil the rest. Um, and you allow yourself to have a great time. There'll always be bad moments in life. I mean, there's there's going to be death. There's going to be, you know, there's always the quote, you can't avoid taxes, you can't avoid death. And then they'd add something else in. Um, but there's also the point of, you'll always, you'll always have a happy moment in life. I don't think there's anyone out there that hasn't had a happy moment. I think it's impossible. Everyone's watched something that's given them a smile. Everyone's talked to a family member that made them laugh, you know, and once again, it's human connection, so there you go, this is kind of what the podcast has been about, kind of human connection and artistic intention and opinion, and there's so many layers to it that I can't explain it all, and I know I've been kind of going on different kind of tangents, but I hope you kind of enjoyed what I've talked about, I hope you've tried to understand what I've said, um, and all of that fun stuff. And I do want to hear your, your opinion. You know, email the email. Um, at uh, It's the talking... Sh- I'll put it in the description. It'll be in the very description of the podcast because I've actually forgotten the email. So that tells you how much thought and thinking I put into this. Um, so the description will have the uh, email in it. And I believe I said I'll put my Instagram in there so you can look at the Last of Us Part 2 review. Be warned, there are spoilers in there. Um, but yeah, do follow me on Instagram at the Real Tyler Banner. It is, it is pretty good. You know, just, just to be uh, gloating, uh, it is a pretty good Instagram. Um, uh, and I'd write some good reviews. I I only started doing the reviews during this kind of... I believe I did it right on the day that schools fully shut down in England. Um, so that was fun. And it wasn't meant to be a thing, the reviews. Uh, I think I did a little thing about James Bond. It was Dr. No is the first one, of course. And I just put, I haven't seen Dr. No in a while, and it's pretty good, but a bit outdated at points. It was literally just a couple of sentences, if that. It might have just been one sentence. Lack of grammar lack of full stops and capital letters because I just wasn't putting any thought into it. But then people started recommending me films to talk about and those reviews got longer. 
And some people probably missed the short reviews because there are some long reviews on the Instagram. But those reviews got longer. They experienced more of my opinion. People wanted me to review more and more stuff. Um, and that's, once again, a fan base. I wouldn't call it a fan base. It's just people are interested for those, you know, how how many people, however many people that view the Instagram story. Um, they kind of voice their opinion. They say, you should review this. I've had people say... I do film rankings. If I do a um, a big thing like Star Wars, I rank all the films, um, big series. And I've had some, you know, some people say they disagree with me, but it's not, it's not a point of I disagree with you. You're stupid. It's just I think this film's better. So I am. I'm. Really, I'm a happy person to have those type of kind of viewers, and they're not fan. I don't have a fan base. No way. I have mates, and I, I've never looked for kind of fame, and this podcast is not to do anything with getting money out of it, it was never, it's never going to be that, if it ever got popular, you know, fair enough, I don't know if it is going to get popular, but if it ever did get popular, you know, that would be good, and I think if it did get popular, that, that would just be me, if this podcast just got popular, that's because people want to hear my opinion. Um, and I love that. I love that people, you know, want to listen and they want to give their opinion. And, you know, I want that. And I'm going to start, you know, I have some guests lined up for this podcast as well in the near future. So we can have, you know, conversations, some nice cordial conversations with them. Um, but I love that people, if this ever did get popular, it would never be out of money to do it. Even if I started getting paid, I wouldn't really care. It's never out of fame. I've done this podcast. I've done two episodes. This is the third episode. I'm doing it just to kind of get something off my chest, to kind of talk my mind. And I think that's when podcasts can be brilliant. And I think that's when things feel natural. And I've always been scared of kind of losing that kind of natural feeling to things. I've always been scared of letting go and losing a certain viewpoint on the world because I've been taken over by something else. Um, but this podcast will always be something to kind of, you know, talk my mind. Um, and it will continue to be that as long as I, I do it. And this is only the third episode, it's still early days, and I'm giving you a big hardy-har speech, but that's what podcast is, and that's what social media is. It should be a station, it should be a base for people to speak their minds, get something off their chest, speak to other people, connect with other people. And I think and that's when social media works the best. And I hope this podcast can bring at least something into your life day to day. And it's not just Tyler speaking again. Tyler Brown's back on the podcast. He's he's on Spotify talking shit again. Talking shit with Tyler Brown. Um, so I hope it brings at least something, whether that's a laugh, whether that's actually learning something, which I don't know where you're getting that from, or, um, you know, anything. It lifts your day. I don't know if it does. Uh, not everyone's going to listen to it. I, You know, not everyone clicks on the links I share, but I'm going to still share them because some people want to see them. If you read my reviews, thank you. Thank you to everyone who, you know, recommended stuff and continue to recommend me stuff uh, on the Instagram. And if there's anyone that's listening to this that hasn't seen my Instagram, click on that link in the description, view it, uh, view the reviews. I have a whole highlights of uh, 
the reviews, and some aren't even proper grammar. Lots of the early ones, I'd say, from March to May, lack any type of grammar. But I've, you know, it's become professional now. I've had many people say I should be writing articles. I don't think I'll ever do that. I don't know, I think that'll be... That's when you start to lose sight on the world when you start writing articles for The Guardian. (laughs) One of those posh newspapers. Or The Sun. Jeez. Um, You don't want to start writing, you know, articles for one of the trashy papers. So I think I'll always keep it kind of... Well, Instagram um, is an interesting place to do it because you can see... And when you put it on your story, you see that people... You see the people that view it and you see their reactions to it. They can send you a straight direct message. And the good thing is, is since this is start like early days and not everyone's going to listen to everything I put out, um, and I'm sure this podcast will only get about 10, 15, 20 viewers, whatever. And that will grow as the months go on, but it's still early days. I think if I had 800 thousand followers on Instagram I would hate doing the reviews because while it reaches a wider base it's too many people with too many opinions and then that's you know you want to try and cater to everyone whereas with a few hundred you start to kind of you can listen to everyone Not everyone's going to be right. You still have to keep your artistic intention, but you also can't spit in their face because in the end, my reviews would be nothing and I probably wouldn't do them if people weren't interacting. I like interacting with people. I think it's a beautiful thing and I think that's when social media works its best. And I hope this podcast has uh, given you some interaction with me, has given you some of my viewpoints. Um, Or, once again, it could just be me sitting on my arse uh, talking shit, but that, that if you do see the podcast as uh, that way, this was another week of uh, talking shit um, that's the podcast, that's all I have to say this week I'll catch up with you next Monday